Welcome to NoClip. Today we're going to be talking about Kingdom Hearts. I'm Chad Rutherford. I'm Andy Kinnick. And I'm JJ Artemis. Uh, Kingdom Hearts was released in 2002 on the PlayStation 2. It was developed by Squaresoft and published by the creators of Epic Mickey 2. Uh, Disney Interactive. <laughs> Not Epic Mickey 1? No, Epic, I want to specifically point out Epic Mickey 1. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They're true masterpieces. <laughs> I actually heard that was good. I've heard that the first one was good. I don't actually have I've played the first one. It is pretty good. Yeah. Well, there you go. Problem solved. Um, Alright, so thanks for tuning in. Alright, so, <laughs> so this concludes our review of Epic Mickey. Uh, I give it an 8 out of 10. Kingdom Hearts uh, is an action RPG, which uh, is kind of a break for from what Square usually put out. Um, this is before they became Square Enix and kind of broadened like the development of games, of their games. Right. I guess. Is this the first action RPG they did? I mean, this is like close to a launch PS2 title, right? I don't think so. Oh, two. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, I don't feel like it was a launch title. Because pre... Either way, pre-PS2, there was there were no... Right. Yeah. It's because you didn't have, like, a full-range, three-dimensional motion. Right. <laughs> before that generation of consoles, so it was very difficult to program something like this. Uh, I honestly wouldn't... It, it To me, it's not, like, too far off in terms of, like, the ideas of combat, especially at that early age of, like, 3D gaming, from something like Devil May Cry. Because it has sort of, like, a hack-and-slash kind of feel to it, but it's clearly more cerebral than Devil May Cry is. (laughs) They did their best to try and hold on to vestiges of, you know, their old comfort zones. The existence of the on-screen combat menu being easily the most... Yeah, it's like they went uh, about like designing a game that was specifically not like a traditional turn-based RPG, but the one thing they decided to keep in was the menu system, which seems <laughs> weird. <laughs> it like, could have easily been mapped to buttons. I don't, I don't really see what the point was. Well, let's think of what all your button points are at any given time. So X is use thing on menu... Uh, o is jump, square is block and dodge roll, right? Yeah. Um, I guess they could have used the D-pad to as like individual item selection or something like that. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily know that the game needed like the extensive menus under like magic and item that it has. You know, this is we're going straight into the comment because that's what I have the most to say about. I guess, yeah. and then you guys are probably just going to take over. Oh yeah, sure. It's actually. All the discussions that we've had historically about this game, one thing that I don't think I've dived that deep with you on, Andy, is the, the justifications for the combat system that existed in the first game specifically. Yeah, I don't think we've really touched on it either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's the thing that really stuck out to me is cause like, because it does seem so different than like a, a traditional RPG, despite the fact that the game is designed so heavily like a traditional RPG. And it's like... It has the menu system, and the, like it doesn't really bother me. Like I still think the combat is totally fine. The one thing that does bother me is the fact that the right stick selects things on the menu, and the camera is controlled with the shoulder buttons, which is super awkward for me. Yeah, <laughs> is it? It's not that way in the Final Mix version, is it? Right, they changed yeah. that. That that's just an artifact of the times before people really 
had settled on what the best way for camera control even was. Right. The camera in one was, uh, if you, outside of the final mix, of course, when they touched up all these little sort of historical blips, uh, the camera was very, very bad. Yeah. The yeah I, really, I did just play the original, so like, it, like, the camera controls made me feel like it was like a goddamn like travesty that there was platforming in the game. Yeah. It's like, oh, geez, gonna yeah. move the camera over here now. Yeah, I definitely have the rose-colored glasses for that. Yeah. Like playing it at the time, I didn't like think anything of the camera. I can't imagine that I really did either. Yeah. But, but this time it definitely. Like, yeah, playing. Stuck out. If I go back and play the original now, it definitely stands out. Mm. Well, one thing that is equally true of both the original and to the final mix re-release uh, is the the platforming controls that we were previously discussing. What's your stance on the actual quality of the platforming that exists in one? It's not that great, but I actually appreciate that it's in there because of me. <laughs> of course. Do you feel the same way, Chad? So uh, I might be a little bit less immediately biased and pretty like once you, I think platform. once you get high jump, it's totally fine. Before you get high jump, it's not. Because he's got kind of a weird floaty jump. Yeah, there's, a, there's an unusual arc to it. Yeah. Uh, especially in his, combat. Like, his pants parachute out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it becomes like readily apparent like fairly early in the game that you do better in combat when you're in the air. Or at least, like, to some extent, like, with a lot of enemies, like, you, like, jumping yeah, to get jumping. to their height. Yeah. Being able to hit them, like, and before you have high jump, it does kind of end up being, like, this, like, you always get, like, you get there and you make a couple of attacks and then you kind of flounder and land and miss the last hit of the combo. It's very weird. But the platforming itself, I mean, I didn't find it, like, super enjoyable, but... The part it place, seems to fit the world. It does. Yeah. That's what I was going to bring up. Or rather, probably the world fits yeah. the platform. Is that it was smart, especially I think at the time, to design the levels kind of like a platformer. Because when you have a level like in a platformer, there's like no wasted space. Like everything's got like personality, and there are going to be like a huge chunk of people who play this game who are just going to, like, want to run around, like, the Disney movies they loved when they were seven. Yeah. So, like, having, like, the world be, like, fun and interacted with by, like, platforming all over it was a smart idea, I think. Yeah. I can agree. And also some of the more, like, uh... This is a game that I didn't remember this at all for me, a kid. Uh, <clears throat> but replaying it now, like... This game rewards exploration in a way that, like, a lot of games don't. And just, like, rewarding basically stuff that I do in every game anyway, where it's just like, oh, I can push boxes? Like, let's see the highest possible location I can jump to. And when you get up there, there's usually a treasure chest with some shit in it. And I know I promised I wouldn't do it, but <laughs> I, something I wished would have carried over to later installments. But that's all I'll say. <laughs> and we'll get into it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that point. Because, um, like, I really like the Trinity marks and the Dalmatian puppy fetch quest and right. all that stuff. I mean, I would say that I could probably have gone without the Dalmatian but, I mean, like, fetch it, quest, but it, the like, idea It incentivizes is, you to, like, explore the, the world. Yeah, it's able to give you a reward without, like... And most people, it's going to motivate the player, because they're going to like, oh, I want to save the cute puppies. <laughs> yeah. And I go back and I get the fun cutscene, we're all jumping on furniture. 
And the dogs giving yeah. pieces to spaceships and yeah, yeah. Boxes. I mean, it's the best thing. Yeah. Well, I love that. Like for the majority of, I guess they get a pass because they're in Traverse Town, which like seems to not give a shit about the idea of there being like a bunch of different worlds. Mm-hmm. But uh, like in most of the worlds, they sort of like try and downplay. The fact that there are other places to be other than the places well, they are. That's because Traverse Town is a place you go, you end up if your world is destroyed. Right. So they would be conscious of the fact that there are other worlds where people on worlds that are totally fine would have no concept that there are others. Well, that. Okay. I was actually unaware. Lore! Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lore. <laughs> but, Until, uh, I mean, like. Right. Sora, Donald, and Goofy show up right. <laughs> out of nowhere with a spaceship. I, yeah, because that's the, the spaceship thing is probably the thing that confused me the most. Why the Dalmatians would have them. Oh, yeah, the, that may, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah this is... We're, we're already getting into points that I think is important to note, not just specifically with the Kingdom Hearts series, but in a lot of games that are trying to take on the tone of the Kingdom Hearts games. This is not a game where answering like specific questions is the goal. This is not Dark Souls, where every intentional choice of the game was designed to hint at some kind of, like, larger, unseen hole. There are just things that happen just for the sake of the game and to make things, if not seem mysterious, just flow smoothly without particular cause. Perfect example, the very, very last sequence of the game, final cutscene, why is Kyrie there? Where did she come from? Right. She is there so they could have that emotional moment. And the game is sort of so mystic in its presentation of all magical elements that they can get away with all of that stuff, and you're not supposed to think about it. This is just like a fairy tale. You have to buy in that it's a fairy tale, and that there'd be a person with like huge clown shoes and parachute pants, right. you know, sliding down a tree with Tarzan, and no one's worried. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, how could you be worried? Yeah. But uh, then, uh, like, that is kind of a very like rpg thing where like the tone of the game takes precedence over the like evidence and like (laughs) like hard facts of the game but it's so very much not like a final fantasy thing which is where this game's roots like lie i mean i'd argue that it's like the early early final fantasy oh yeah they're completely abstracted yeah 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 but the games as a whole have been moving Final Fantasy games as a whole have been moving more toward more like sort of concrete settings and a little bit less of the mysticism that define that. But Kingdom Hearts really does hammer home the fantasy in Final Fantasy. It, right. it brought fantasy to these Disney settings. Uh, what was I just gonna say? I lost it. <laughs> oh, the uh, like the that this game is very mysterious. Yeah, the point that you guys brought up. But I think that's one of the things that hooked me the most about it, especially when I was younger. It's like you're kind of like thrust into this like greater world where you never really get a grasp of like how everything works by the end of the game. Like there's constant like mystery. Like you feel like you're like you're going, you're pulling the thread, you're following the the crumb trail or whatever, and you think you're gonna reach like a conclusion. You're like, oh, this is how everything is, and that never comes. And I think I really like that about the narrative. I completely agree. You, as the player, have all these sort of questions uh, and make you slightly uncomfortable in all these very familiar settings, and I really like the contrast of that uh, as you go through the game. That's... 
<laughs> See, it's just like, I, the familiar settings thing is so like, because I wasn't a Disney kid growing up, and I'm really not, like, a Final Fantasy guy, so playing Kingdom Hearts was like, almost like, completely new to me. Like, with it, just like what I knew about Disney from pop culture bled in. But then, like, there's that whole, like, self-masturbatory scene at the beginning of the game when you're in Traverse Town that, like, is just, like, shoving, like, eight Final Fantasy characters at you, and I don't know any of them. <laughs> there's this, like, slow reveal where they, like, don't show Leon's face for a while, and yeah. then, like, it pans up, and I'm like, I still don't know who that is! <laughs> yeah. The, when I first played Kingdom Hearts, I didn't know any of the characters either. Right. Neither did, and neither did I. I think maybe Cloud from my sister, well, but it's not I recognize Cloud, yeah. but like, I didn't know who he was. Agreed. Early, early in the game, when the characters that you're interacting with aren't even treated like they're Final Fantasy equivalents, like... like Tigus and Waka. Yeah. Yuffie and stuff. Is, is the girl with the jump rope a Final Fantasy character? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It, it, in their case, eights, uh, I have no idea. I don't remember either. Yeah. But point being is, I think at least in their case, it might actually be better if you're not familiar with the Final Fantasy character because they don't really add anything. Definitely, I think in the first game, and once again, we won't go into detail. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. In this game, it doesn't matter that you don't know who they are yeah. in any way. I will attest that it makes playing later Final Fantasy games really funny. Like, <laughs> I think it makes it more enjoyable. Yeah, because like, I played Final Fantasy 7 probably six years after this game came out, and... Like about the same for me too. And like, like I like that my impressions of like Sephiroth are colored by how I saw him in Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. because like he's like this. Well, at age twelve, this like unbeatable like <laughs> force of destruction. Yeah, like monster boss that you never could beat, and then like. <laughs> In Final Fantasy they're actually trying to get sort of that same impression off of him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I came in with that. And I was like, oh, what a badass. He's yep. from Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I had, yeah. I had all these weird preconceived notions about Cloud and Sephiroth from Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 that were just, like, confusing when I played through <laughs> Final Fantasy 7 for the first time. I'm like, was Sephiroth supposed to be, like... The darkness inside a cloud. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I have no idea. This it doesn't is... seem like they know each other at all. <laughs> I feel like there's no other group of people that you get together who literally all played Kingdom Hearts before. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I didn't own a PlayStation when I was younger, right. so I, I think it. In that sense, it, it adds to like the previously discussed sort of fantasy infusion that they brought into all the games. Because even the returning Final Fantasy characters that exist in the original Kingdom Hearts, they're all like edited slightly and changed in these bits to try, try and make them fit in better with like the wider Disney tone. They are Disneyfied a bit. Yeah. yeah. So you're starting from the Disneyfied Final Fantasy characters and attempting to apply them to their original settings. Well, I mean, like the original. Final Fantasy Seven characters, you know. Yeah, yeah. I still kind of like they're all blocky, so I just kind of <laughs> imagine them as their Kingdom Hearts versions when I play Final Fantasy Seven. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, fuck. They did. They did like totally nail uh, the original character design in this game in a way that's like 
I don't know. Because you never expect, like, to, especially with, like, a property as diverse as just Disney movies, <laughs> to be able to nail, like, an aesthetic that fits well in all of them. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, the characters they designed specifically for it ended up turning out, like... Because when I started the game... Seeing this it again, time or for the... F- this time. Okay. Well, probably for the first time, but I didn't... I don't have those memories anymore. Gotcha. <laughs> but, uh... Like, most recently, like, I remember just, like, being really off-put by, like, Sora's design, because really? he's so, like, inhuman. Like, he, because <laughs> he, he has, feet. yeah, like, the huge feet, he's got, like, the puffy shorts for no reason. And, like, obviously they designed him with, like, Mickey's aesthetic in mind. Yeah, the clothes. Yeah. But, at the same time, like, looking at him, is just like, there's these fucking weird freaks with their giant feet. <laughs> the fuck is happening here? It never really seems that weird to me. I yeah. thought it was funny that he had such giant feet. <laughs> but then, like, once it gets into, like, the world, and, like, it suddenly is just, like, <laughs> like, just slots in. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, this makes, like, complete sense. Right, I mean, like, <laughs> even though there's so many different, like, Disney films. Like, Disney does have, like, a distinct style. Right. So I, I guess that made it easier. Like, you couldn't do this with a different animation studio. Right. Like, you couldn't do, like, a DreamWorks. <laughs> you know, because they change their look all the time. Oh, uh, yeah. Disney's got, like, a classic. DreamWorks hearts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go to the Shrek world. <laughs> Shrek oh. was, of course, the first place that I was going to go. Yeah. Yeah. God, DreamWorks hearts would just... Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, it would just be, everything would be shiny and yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah, like it's smoothly modeled. I don't, let's get off of this. I don't want to. Before we get to the cloudy with a chance of meatballs joke that will eventually come. That, is that DreamWorks? I think that is. I think that's Blue Sky Studios. It's the same thing. It, yeah, essentially. Yeah, it's an animated <laughs> film now. Knock off. Disney. Yeah, yeah. Off, uh, <laughs> Disney. So, switching gears right. to something else. Yeah. Oh, how about the magic? You want to talk about the magic? Yeah, I can talk about the magic. Hey, I can talk about, I can talk about, about the magic. Because <laughs> magic. For me, in these games, or in Kingdom Hearts, the Kingdom Hearts games, I mean, yeah. um, I, like, never use magic. I actually think the magic isn't very well implemented in these games. I use, well, like, it, it pretty much in every game I default to using only, like, cure thunder and maybe like whatever the defensive spell like arrow or yeah reflega or whatever <laughs> yeah like who like blizzard is no good deep freeze <laughs> <laughs> that's have the best call out though yeah. i remember when i played this the first time i used magic way more in like the arena battles uh, but I didn't do those <laughs> this time through. It just, it so. always, especially, like, later in the game, it always feels like a waste to use magic, because you want to, like, save it for healing. For cure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very strange. I'm not sure what their goal was with, like, in the first game, for example, implementing so many spells that essentially performed the same function. Like, thunder, fire, and blizzard. All are just like offensive, yeah, offensive damage spells with like one single target that you hit at a point. Well, it's just thunder different is how they multiple targets. Yeah, thunder's a tiny AOE, and but the difference is mostly with the spells. And the thing that makes thunder so much better than all the others is the range, the way in which it hits them. It's not just the fact that it can hit them farther; it's the fact that it comes down from above, so you don't, so it's never blocked by anything. Yeah, like the you other can't two. like the fire misses all the time. Right. <laughs> 
But no, the other gravity <laughs> and stop were also fun to yeah. use, but like not all that practical. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah, it's these are a lot of things where it's like they want you to hotkey them, right? Like just like to to set it to a binding, and then try and use them like efficiently. But most of the time, your hotkeys are just going to be set to your cure and. You probably didn't think to put anything else. <laughs> yeah, I always have, like I said, like thunder cure in the in era, right? Whatever the defensive spell is. But if they have the extra slot, you might put time stuff. I might put stuff. Yeah, in there. I think it's like they almost did too much to. No, I'm not, I'm going to make that stronger. They did do too much. To incentivize oh, just straightforward <laughs> attacking with your keyblade. Oh, it's way better. Yeah, but but not just in like in like a statistical sense. Like you can tell that they put little bits into the design that's supposed to make it. It's supposed to be like incentivize you even more to attack instead of these things. The way the magic system works in the original Kingdom Hearts, where you have to attack in order to get back your spells, mm-hmm. forces you in like every combat situation to use the keyblade at some point if it's even remotely difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, here's something related okay. to, to all the, the Keyblade swinging madness. What is... I, I was trying to think of how you would describe Kingdom Hearts's specific, like, action RPG combat system in relation to others, both at the time and the future. Mm-hmm. And the closest thing that I could come up with was, like, a far, like a far more mobile version of Dynasty Warriors. Where you're running around, and you're essentially, most of the time, unless for very specific circumstances, implementing the same combos over and over again. But it doesn't get repetitive because the things that you're fighting with are actually threatening to you. Right. Except, Dynasty Warriors totally gets repetitive, like, almost instantly, but... No, that's, that's my point. Is that the reason it's not repetitive repetitive yeah. is right, that it's yeah. because you're threatened by, like, diverse enemy types. Uh, yeah, right, yeah. Your I, think, I, just clear I feel out. like Kingdom Hearts does, like, the action RPG combat maybe the best out of, like, any action RPG I've played, and for me, like, personally. Like, it's, like, a simplified, like, there's no, like, crazy mechanics, or, like, you know, like, at least in the first game, anyway. It's very straightforward, like, three-hit combo. You got some special moves that you have, like, mapped to the triangle button. Right. And, like, and there's also aerial combos. It's like, play. I remember playing it back then. It was like it just kind of clicked. Like when you first played like Mario sixty four or something. Like, oh man, like why didn't anyone make a game like this before? <laughs> Running around in three D space feels so good. Like Kingdom Hearts combat back then just felt like, oh man, like they nailed it. Like yeah, this, yeah. Is, this just feels right. From the very beginning, they very intentionally didn't try and make the game about systems mastery. And that, that's why they never felt any of the pressure to implement some kind of, like, combat depth or, like, different attack it, trees. Yeah, I think that that paid off, at least for a, a first installment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I watched you play a little bit of Kingdom Hearts 2, Final Mix, Extra, yeah. Special that Hunter. Gets, that gets much deeper. Yeah, yeah, and, like, the combat seemed, well, I mean, it seemed like a lot of flying around, but, like, <laughs> that, <laughs> but, uh, like, in this game, I... Uh, near the beginning of the game, I felt like, well, the game never got to the point where I was just dying all the time, and I was playing on on hard mode, I guess. Expert. 
I don't well, Proud. I mean, well, I think it was called Expert in the original. There was no, like, dialogue, like, switcher thing. They were just like, do you, do you, don't you like to be number one? And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm number one. And it was like, your journey is going to be difficult. <laughs> oh, you, oh, that affects how you level up. Yeah. Uh, in the beginning, you just pick what difficulty you want. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and probably was like, normal. Weird, yep. yeah. I don't even remember doing that. Yeah, that's a really, like, weird design choice that I think we should get into in a little bit, because I want to bring up the whole beginning of the game later. Yeah, I agree as well. Um, In fact, my original plan for this was to start with that, Uh, but then totally forgot. Um, I think that's better save for after the break. Maybe. But, uh, But either way, like, at the beginning of the game, I felt like my health was, like, usually, like, at low or, like near low for a lot yeah. of the time because I was just trying to like hit everything. Right. But then like it it forces you to kind of figure out that the game is more about like the lock on, like the targeting and like positioning yourself and then trying to like complete combos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like where the depth comes in. Very, very offensive at all times. Yep. Why is that? Like, why specifically is guard bad within the context of the game? Because no one ever uses it, but... It's useful in, like, a couple of places, uh, but mainly, I don't know. It's stationary? It, it takes the, time? It's the lag. From, like, when you hit it, it takes them a second to, like, do it. Yeah. And then there's, like, um, what do you call it, like, a recharge time afterwards. Right. And I think maybe... Another reason why it's particularly underutilized is because how good of how good dodge roll is. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, dodge roll completely changes the game. Like the second Don't, you get yeah. it, you just dodge roll all of that. Yeah, like yeah. I don't like walk a lot of the time. I just you just dodge roll, roll everywhere, <laughs> like Zelda. See, yeah. yeah, that is an old like platformer staple. Is like the roll move just being your primary means of locomotion. Yeah, you know, Sora would have the worst headache of all time from all that rolling. <laughs> like he doesn't even like. He doesn't do it like a gymnast would do, like a somersault. He just puts the gameplay to the no, side and just it, fucking face yeah, He does it like you would in like like he, you do like the you lunge out and then use your arm to like roll. There's yeah. a little tuck. I was trying to say like like a. I couldn't compare it to something like, like I don't know, like a martial artist would do. <laughs> yeah, like you would you know, really like, do if who, you were fighting yeah. the heartless. I was gonna say like who rolls around like that? I don't know. No one, no living being is capable of just roll, 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 roll. Well, no, for not like that. Minutes. But I mean, like a tactical roll, like, I don't know, like a Navy SEAL. <laughs> With huge so, shoes. We're coming back to my Keyblade as machine gun idea. Right, yeah. yeah. Uh, did you know, well, you know this because you watched the Did You Know game yeah. Yeah. on it, that his original weapon was a chainsaw. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would have been a better game. <laughs> There's no way that would have flown in like a Disney thing. <laughs> probably not. You can't play off comedic chainsaw for that long. Yeah, no. Probably. I mean, it would have been know. pretty sweet. And we played Mad World. It would have been cool, or it would be cool in the future to put that in as like an unlockable weapon. Yeah, I think the f- like, like a synthesis weapon. Yeah, I think that the second that they unlock different, that they like had the idea for different skins for the Keyblade, there's no reason they couldn't have a chainsaw Keyblade. Or because, you know, they didn't want, like, the market for this game, which when it first came out was expected to be 10-year-olds, yeah. to be using it's a chainsaw. It's a T-rated game, right? No, it's E. No. Oh, oh, fuck. It may be E-10, yeah, E-10. Yeah. But, um... I thought it was 10. My mistake. For what? 
I don't know. It's like game. All you do is go around and fucking murder shit. I mean, the undertones. They rip the hearts out of them. You (laughs) turn them into. Sorry, I'm thinking of the darkness. You (laughs) evil monsters, okay, Shan? Born from the hearts of men. Yeah. Yeah. Very poetic. I think. I'm unsure. Uh, It's abstract fairy tale evil, not actual murder. Right. Well, I've got like. I guess that's not even real. I'm trying to think, like, some of the, the villains from Disney movies are basically just outright murderers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jafar, I think, is, uh... He he tries to murder Aladdin, I think, like, three times in the movie. Yeah. Dude's not a good dude. He's not. He's pretty evil. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still, like, mustache twirly evil. Oh, yeah. Captain Hook is mustache twirly evil. He's the literal <laughs> incarnation of that. Uh, <laughs> they all got to sit around the big table of bad guys because yep. they were so evil. Yeah. Yep. Oh. God, what the fuck? Go on. Do please. we want to? <laughs> do we want to segue out of talking about the combat yet? Okay. Okay. One last thing about the combat. It 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 works in the same way that I think Dynasty Warriors as like a combat system works. Huge scare quotes there, in that it's like really easy and smooth to get into, and you can. You perform all the actions that you intend to, and systems don't get in your way. They're mm-hmm. not trying to force you to just, like, get good instead. Of, but, I mean, we admit that there are a lot of issues with the combat system in oh, Kingdom yeah. Hearts, right? Yeah. The fact that Dodge Roll is that good. Right, it's because it is age. Was that bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I think it's just because of its age. Yeah, I mean, that, but... They've had a lot of attempts in the future to iterate on that, and they've made a lot of improvements yeah. well, since then, which suggests you, that it was age-related. I know that you want to get into something, but I'm doing a play oh, no. of that. Sure. Yeah, in saying that, like, I feel like Kingdom Hearts combat is just lacking depth, and I feel like the combat's more of, like, a vessel to carry the game along, like, to give you, like, a primary action to do. And uh, on that note, like, my one... Like, probably not my biggest complaint with the game as a whole is that I feel like there's just too many enemies in this game. Like, it's like you... <laughs> too many enemies. You, like, walk into an area and, like, you'll hit a spawn point. Mm-hmm. Some Harlots will show up. You can't do anything else. <laughs> you can, you you can run away. Yeah. And maybe it'll, like, you know, de-aggro. But most of the time you have to kill them before you can do anything. Right. Like, you and, can't open a chest until you kill right. all the Heartless. And then when you leave the area and come back, it just all happens again. Right. <laughs> it just seems so, like, uh... I don't know. Like, it's just always just there. Do you think it would have been better to, like... Maybe do like a little bit more of like a like a Zelda y thing where it's like there's like more like puzzle solving or something like that. Well, I feel like a lot of the because uh... there are some puzzles yeah. in this game. Yeah, they're not that great, no. but once again, I like that they're there a lot. Right, and wish they would have kept that stuff. But Wonderland being, I oh. think, the most egregious yep. example. I of love like a... that level. Yeah, because like. I like that it doesn't tie into the main plot as much. It's just kind of, like, there to be Wonderland. You know, right. it'd be weird. And, like, you know, I think that's just, like, neat to have there. Especially as, like, an early level. Yeah. Yeah, Wonderland's like, and it does have puzzles, but it also does have, like, mushroom jumping fetch quests. Right, yeah. <laughs> and that's, like, a level you can go back to a couple of times once you have new abilities and find more puzzles. Right. 
Which I also like about it. And you can also feed flowers potions, which That's is true, a, yeah. which is a positive, yep. I guess. <laughs> God. So all that combat, right? Yeah. Well, you know. You know, what really, that I'm sure that's exactly what's going to go there. <laughs> you know what did a really good job of teaching you how to perform that combat? That fucking boss-ass tutorial at the beginning of this game. Right. And uh, it's not even what I like about it. It's like, I don't think that it's... Like, it's not bad as a tutorial. No. But it's not especially great as a tutorial. Like, technically, like, like Mega Man X's is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's... it's so it nails the atmosphere and that sucks you right in immediately. If yeah. you took, if you made the tutorial of this game like completely abstracted, you know, colored boxes and a void, it would be entirely unremarkable and by the numbers. The Hilariously, though, this is well. already like colored boxes and a void. Like, it's kind of what the. That's kind of what video is. games are. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry, my bad. Colored polygons. We are all colored boxes in the void. (laughs) True facts, though, this is, like, in my top ten, like, favorite tutorials. Yeah, oh, I think it might be my favorite. It's, uh, it's so good. And, like, the fact that it, it, like, just dumps you right into... Right into it. Like, I like it, how it even, like, it trans, uh... It so, transcends reality. It transcends time and space. That cool. Transitions. God. There from, we like, go. from the Huge, opening cutscene. Yeah, you know, from the cutscene right into it. Yeah. I think it's awesome. Agree that it's cool that it does that transition. Still think it would be better if it just straight cold opened into the uh, into the front. I don't get what Maybe. The, upon replaying Maybe it the like front, the front fifth of what? time. It, it, the game, because it doesn't actually open with literally the tutorial, it opens with a cutscene, with right. a pre-rendered yeah. square, the simple is clean, and all the other... Simple and clean. Is yeah, the way yeah, that yeah. you're making me yeah, feel it's, tonight? It's not the way you're making me feel right now, JJ. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm better than this. Complicated and dirty. <laughs> but, I know that when, when you went through the beginning of the game again, after, after so many times that I've done this, it was only just now where it began to feel like like the, the really, really high, beautifully rendered scenes in the opening don't add much. Like You have no context to appreciate what's going on at the very, very start when it's showing you all these scenes mm-hmm. and has like J-pop pumping in the background. It, it's not... And even in some senses, like it references things that are going to happen later, but mm-hmm. not in a way that's foreshadowing and more in a way that's just like fan service. Like the the Riku hand motion near the wave mm-hmm. it doesn't mean anything. It's not even particularly mysterious in the context I, of the music. Is it? I think it's just supposed to like get the mystery train chugging along. In which case, <laughs> you know, like this whole game, like from the get go, is like all about like the mystery and the narrative. And I think it's just trying to get you like intrigued. From the second you start the game. Then they, at the very least, should not have played Simple and Clean at that point. I mean, compare the kind of tone set up by the, like, dive into heart music. When you first open the game, when the tutorial you begins. Mean, you mean dive to the heart? <sighs> JJ? <laughs> <laughs> we don't mince words here. Right? <laughs> no, yeah, like, but, you know, I know, the music. Yeah. It's... is. In stark contrast to J-pop. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, I did not describe, you know, that song as mysterious. Clarification for me, and I really hope most people listening, yeah? is Dive in Dive to, the, to heart. the Heart the name of the track that plays in the tutorial? I don't 
actually think. It's what that place is called. Like, later in the series, so we yeah. won't get into this, because right. later in the series, they kind of take the story off the rails. Yeah. Um... It's something <laughs> they that got the mystery train and chug it. They got and chug it, and they it off, the off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they did, for sure. It's even literally it's later a place. A train. It it's a place else. that Keyblade wielders, if I'm not mistaken, can go to. They can technically dive into their own heart, and that's what that place is. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, <laughs> they just decided to not leave that a mystery and to just tell you what it is. It's like the midi-chlorians of Kingdom Hearts. Okay, alright. No, it's not that bad, but... Yeah, but, you know... It, still, it's, it, it's an be, area whose entire point is that it lacks explanation in any meaningful yes. sense. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know, I mean, well, I do agree, I guess, that, like... Yeah, yeah so it gives retrospect. context to the whole, like, Sora falling through the sky thing, too. Yeah, they, like they, they contextualize all that later, and it's worse for the wear. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know. Yeah, it's just, like... I can see, like, in retrospect, how that opening cutscene doesn't really add a whole lot to the story. But, like, booting the game for the first time, and, like, having that sequence of events occur is really jarring, which is an effect. I don't know if it's necessarily yeah. a good one. I actually think so, too. Like, it, it's really memorable. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's kind of... I guess it's impactful in some way, because it's, like, it sticks with you if you played this game. Like, everybody yeah. knows that opening cutscene and, and likes it. You know, it's, like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe we're being a bit... Like, in Maybe retrospect, if they made the game now... <laughs> yeah, because that, like, that wouldn't be a tech demo. That wouldn't, that's, that's not a spectacle. Yeah, they wouldn't Yeah, they wouldn't do that kind of thing now. Yeah. Or would they? But Square <laughs> would do that all day. Square would, because they yeah. like to make movies. But, yeah. They're but, just um, like, we pre-rendered this thing. It cost $18 million <laughs> per man hour. <laughs> <laughs> But you will think that we carved it into your retinas. <laughs> it's hyper real. Yeah, so I, it's definitely been effective in some way because it's pretty iconic. Okay, I, I I will accept the existence of, of the cutscene in context, just as pretty thing that it makes an impression upon you for being pretty. But in retrospect, I wish there was a way that you could just essentially turn it off and just open and just. Sort of the it would be the yeah. It would be nice if you had the option to skip it. Yeah. Beyond that, other than just sort of like the, the mystery motifs, the other thing that the opening does really, really well that I think is commented less on is it aggressively forces you to define yourself. Yeah. Yep. Like right off the bat. Which yeah. I have to, to wonder, what do you guys on a playthrough generally take yeah. in the, the sword, wand, shield debate? Uh, JJ and I both always do the same thing. Yeah. Which is, is okay. Yeah. I'll tell you what I do okay. then, which is I take sword and drop shield. Ah, we both take sword and drop magic. Okay. Yeah. Taking sword is clearly the yeah. optimal strategy. Because like the warrior. Yeah. Because yeah, and going into it, like you have no way of knowing that magic's kind of useless. Right. But I mean, like, I guess it would be acceptable to take the shield and drop the scepter or wand or whatever as well. 
But which I've done before. I've done all three because I've beaten this game like probably twenty times. But <laughs> but that's happening in the opening, and we, in retrospect, can look at that scene as like a mechanical selection. But when you're just starting, it's oh yeah, for the first time, it's right. you're like, oh, like it's <laughs> it thrusts like these abstract things upon you, yeah. and it's all mystical, and you have no idea what you're picking, and it's like it really. It's, it's really effective. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. It's obviously important. Literal like pedestals and yep. you know light shining down from above, and the game gives you no information about the ramifications of the choices. It's done again when you have to, technically speaking, pick the way that you level. Yeah, I I played the game probably like ten times through before I ever knew what that did. Um, that's. You just had to answer the questions honestly, or at least that's what I always do. That scene would be so weird in context if you played Final Fantasy X before Kingdom Hearts. Oh, like there's just the Final Fantasy characters. X characters there, like Chad Rutherman. Did. Yeah, I did that. I played Final Fantasy X before I played Kingdom Hearts, and it was fucking strange. Yeah, because like it's because at first Tinas is like He's such a bland, younger. garbage character in the first place yeah. that I honestly could have just looked at him and been like. That's some square soft kid. Yeah, but like, like Waka is so clearly divine. Yeah, because yeah, you probably wouldn't even recognize Tidus because he's way younger. Yeah, I mean they reuse the model in the game. What Tidus? Tidus's model exists as a kid who's just. Oh, I know. Like, I mean, you wouldn't oh, recognize yeah. him from Final Fantasy X. Like if you played Final Fantasy X first oh. and then played Kingdom Hearts, when you run into that kid in that dream sequence. You wouldn't recognize him as Titus, probably, because he looks so different. Mm. Or Titus. I right. call him Titus. I always pronounce it Titus as well. Right. Well, that's the way know. Waka says it. And uh, this is my first introduction to the character. Fair enough. But, I mean, it's supposed to be Titus, like Tides. Right. But, whatever, fuck it, right? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... Be sure to join us again when we talk about Final Fantasy X. <laughs> In and I eat the words the about how shitty of a character Titus is. I don't actually remember even how I feel. I never finished Final Fantasy X. Yeah, we should good. do it for the cast. Well, I'd be very tired about But anyway. Well, so, uh, Woo! Woo! But uh, what were we saying? Oh, um, the whole... The, the context. How you level up. And what, yeah, in that sequence, how weird it would be going into it and recognizing all the characters immediately. I guess in some sense I can hypothetically say that that might even make it creepier. Because mm-hmm. it's, ob- it's obviously an intentionally creepy sequence. Like the way that they react to you. Yeah. They just like demand you to answer a question and then they criticize your answer. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, it's really like it almost feels kind of like a Dark Souls thing. Yeah. Like where everyone laughs at the end of their sentences. Like it just like kind of yeah. it kind of gets to you. Prickly. It's a very prickly sequence. Obviously, it's great at establishing the, the, the tone, though. Yep. Well, I don't actually know what the mechanical effect of those questions are. It affects how you level up. There's a certain like series of things you can pick that makes you level up faster at the beginning and slower as you go on. One that does the exact opposite, right. and then one that's just like a middle ground. Okay. It also affects... Wait, I don't know if this is in combination with the sword magic selections or not, but it also affects the actual skills you get as you level. Right. 
Because right. I just went and basically picked all the most conceited options available. I'm such a great person. Yeah, I would, I would just be like, what's important? I'd be like, being number one. Yeah. It's like, I'm out to win. And then, like, I said, that probably well, made the game harder. This <laughs> <laughs> is not a game that really seems to admire conceit a lot. No, it's not, not a huge fan of what I picked up. One thing that I really like that I feel like it's been dropped from the series, and it might have just been, like, a lightsaber kind of a thing, where, like, in the original trilogy, it was cooler because they used it less because they had less money. Right. But, uh, the, just the text that talks to you, like, it's just, like, a voice from nowhere. Agreed. That's so effective. And, like, how it creeps up in other points, like, at the end, Mm. and I think some other place in the middle... Oh, or, of the whole he, game or of the yeah in the whole game yeah. like when you get the keyblade it yeah. says like keyblade to you it tells you what it is yeah and everything <sighs> and they like establish um that door that pops up a couple of times as well so like whenever you see it you're like really intrigued by it and then we move on to what you guys could probably guess is a part of the game that I absolutely hate which is the anything beginning. on Destiny Island. Oh, yeah. oh really? Oh, I'm so sad. How are you sad? How are you not expecting this? I don't, I don't, of course Chad would hate that. Yeah. Just, you just walk around and like... Yeah, it's like made sad. That whole <laughs> sequence is made for Chad to hate. Yeah, like if it was just a cutscene, I would probably enjoy it. I mean, you sit around and do nothing because that's what you, Sora, the person at the time, are doing. Right. It's you have all this crazy mystery, and then the game tries to throw it it's, under the rug yeah. in narrative, even though you know that obviously it's important. Yeah, it right. does like a flip yeah. on you. Like it, it just doesn't subvert your expectations. It just makes really. the piece a whole lot more affecting. Yeah, the contrast. You went from turmoil, literally just like all your friends sitting around criticizing like your life. And then having to decisions. fight your shadow. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there just going into this, oh, do whatever you want. It's an island. Have fun. Jump around. There's like little, lots of little explanation point, or exploration points. Uh, I, the island itself can even be conceptualized like sort of a miniature RPG where you have all these different enemies that you, if you want to, it's completely up to you, can just sort of grind through in preparation for your final Riku boss. Right. Same thing with the platforming. There's like a Riku boss of the platforming, which is a, again establishes his character earlier, so you're sort of like rival frenemy thing. And right. It's that the Destiny Island sequence, I think, works better within the contexts of the beginning and end of the tutorial where it establishes a mystery and then gives you a huge break and that break starts to establish Sora as a person and what you're going to lose very, very soon when you go out of the tutorial. Yeah, it's effective in that way. I will fall somewhere in the middle between the two of you here. I think it would have been better if it was one day instead of two. Right. I think it goes a little long. It's just since the second day. Because like, like... You, you could have done it all together and not had to have the break in the middle. Sure, I'll agree with that. Or, you know, something. Shorten yeah. it a little. And That's really close to what I was going to say, because I do defend the fact that it, it does work to set a tone. Yeah, and it does, like, set up, like, what you, Sora's going to lose, whatever. Right. But it's just, it is, it's just so long. One thing that would have assisted but, with that is if they cut out the Disney cutscenes. Those have no business being in that whole sequence. Right. 
Well, I don't know about that. You had to establish who Goofy and Donald are. They could have done that the moment that's after Sora landed in Traverse Town. They could have just literally had those cutscenes play after you wake that, up. That would be a lot of cutscenes. Like right it's the around. same number of cutscenes. Yeah, but it's 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 spread. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. I mean, you still put it out, spread it out within yeah. gameplay the way as you're going through all of Traverse Town. I, I just meant they could start establishing Goofy and Donald. I feel like land. what's what's better about that. Well, you don't have the interruptions of these random Disney characters as they're trying to set the tone for the whole game at the start. Like, you don't have... I think they like, very Disney, like, jokes, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you go through this whole, se- like, sequence of events, and then, like, they're like, oh, so we shouldn't tell Daisy and Queen Minnie? <laughs> and they're standing with and them. And it's like, oh. Wake up, Goofy! Speaking of that cutscene... This is totally out of left field. Yeah. But those costumes they wear in that like at Disney Castle in that opening cutscene, yeah. why are those not unlockable costumes for them? I have no idea. Because like the goofy knight armor where he's got the little helmet like <laughs> instead of the hat and Goofy's got or Donald's got the actual like mage oh, yeah. hat. Those are sweet costumes. You should get to use those. And it's weird that their justification for those not existing is like, oh, we need to change our outfit so they won't, re- won't recognize we're in another world. And then they never do that ever again in right. any other world, no matter what the context is. And, like, they spent the time to model Yeah, this. they do. What? And when you go to, like, Atlantica, Hello. they, like, freaking turn into fish. <laughs> Physiological change. They don't like when you go to Tarzan land to put on like 1900s era exploration outfits. (laughs) You're wearing like crazy. Well, yeah, you're okay. Well, his example was better then because in Halloween Halloween Town, Town, they do have like the Halloween outfit. They have so, yeah. I feel like that was something that they established just so that they could keep throwing like different like flavor into the game. Oh, this might be also a little bit. Could have ascribing intent to the developers, but maybe it was a thing that they wanted to do for every level, and then it eventually got cut. I feel like that would be really cool, too. Uh, yeah. And they obviously have... I mean, throughout all of the games, there have been different sequences where they, they seem to really enjoy changing up Sora. Like, but I, I feel like that, they yeah. wouldn't... I don't think they would... Being Square, I don't think they would ever make it so that he changes costume every level because I like having like the iconic like character look. Yeah, that's true. But also at, at the same and, and at the same time, I feel like they would have no like logistical reason to cut it because like the game was the first in a series. If they needed more time, they had all the time they could have possibly had. But well, we don't know that. Come on, they could have had like a, a deadline from you know, from what Sony. What about Disney? Games are run on deadlines. Well, that's, that's true, but I mean, but there isn't an expectation generated for the first entry in the series. Unless this was actually a launch title, in which case they probably had a fairly strict deadline. But if you Final Fantasy X was a launch title, and if you played ten before Kingdom Hearts, then... Yeah, yeah. ten. I was going to say, like, there's no way Kingdom Hearts is a launch PS2 yeah. title. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, I played ten... If it was, yeah, I didn't even know that was a launch title, but... Yeah, I played ten first. Yeah, because, like, look at the difference between Final Fantasy X and Kingdom Hearts. Right. Oh, yeah, if you can make... Yeah, no, I don't think that there's a, a logistical reason that they couldn't have made models for, like, each world if they chose. There's yeah. only, what, like, 13? Yeah. I mean, other than, than just, like, literal, like, development and time strands, I actually think... I, I think, Andy, you said this. That, that argument holds water in that they wanted... To, to like establish, uh, like a. Yeah, oh, wait, no, that was you said that, didn't you? Jack? I said that. He said, what did you establish? He was the same person to me. But it, good. Oh, yeah. Thanks, JJ. Yeah. You're welcome. Whatever. 
I just imagine that we're like a two-headed, like horrible mutant person yeah. to him. Yeah. It's always weird when we're not in the same room. <laughs> anyway. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> to jump back, I had something else to say about the tutorial section. Was it how great Ansem's interruption speech is, and in that it literally interrupts your childish fun? For him to just uh, tell you again that, like, you have no idea what you're fucking No, doing. I actually wasn't going to talk about that, but that is pretty sweet. And, like, props to Billy Zane for yeah. having such an awesome villain voice and sad that he didn't reprise the role. Yep. Because, oh man, like, that voice performance is great. Um, so if you can hear this Billy Zane, I mean, do Kingdom Hearts <laughs> 3. I'm sure Ansem will be in there. <laughs> Well, um, it's probably already like, been recorded. Yeah, probably. It's yeah. already over, but whatever. <laughs> um, I was going to talk about the very end of the dream sequence, as we'll call it, part, um, where you fight your shadow. And I love that line of dialogue from The Voice from Nowhere that says, like, the closer you get to the light, the greater your shadow becomes. And then, like, the shadow, like, grows into the giant monster. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of trying to, like, sow the seeds of, like, you doubting what you're doing throughout the game, but that's something they don't follow up on. Because, like, they bring it back up at the end, yeah. in that monologue that uh, Ansem has before you fight him, or, or he says, um, like, you understand so little and all that, and you know nothing can understand nothing, all hearts are born from darkness and all that stuff. Yeah. So, like, I feel like they wanted to put that message in there of, like, you questioning what exactly you're doing, but then they just didn't for whatever reason. I, I, you might jump on my ass for this, but I still think that uh, in the original Kingdom Hearts, the game is defined mostly by its non-Disney moments. I, I think that when the developers have sort of free reign to control exactly that tone and that sort of like self-doubt message that was established both at the beginning and the end uh, is when the series gets its ab- absolute best. Like, I assume we agree that like Hollow Bastion is probably the best world. Yeah, easily. Yeah, and it's that that has, you know, very, very few links to any other immediate Disney property. They just sort of plopped other characters down in there, again, to fit the tone that they wanted to establish. But, like... I mean, they're fine, the intermediary worlds that you're going through to progress, but they're not memorable. They're not the things that we come to the game for, right? Right. I would not I would disagree when you say that they aren't memorable, but they're not, like, what stands out about the game, though. It's... I mean, you can see that they tried to do the little interwoven stuff, like the moments where, like, Riku will randomly appear when you're running around to search things, like a monstrous belly and stuff. I guess I wish that there were more of those, except for maybe, like, at the very, very beginning, when they're first just trying to establish the abstract weirdness that you're traveling between worlds, like with Alice in Wonderland. Mm -hmm. I just wish the other worlds tied things together into a straighter line. Yeah, I can agree to that. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, they do try to do it more as the game goes on. Like, the fact that Riku's there the whole time in the uh, Peter Pan level mm-hmm. and all that. But we can go back to talking about the whole Ansem in Destiny Islands thing. If oh. you have more to say about that. I don't know. My, my only comment on that front was this. I like how, again, continually effective it was. 
Because the timing where it happens... Yeah, it, like, it, it brings the mystery, like, from the dream sequence back. It doesn't... You can it's go like, to the, wrench, to the right secret place it. anytime you want, and, like, nothing will happen. There'll just be a door there, and, you be, and that you can have a dialogue box be like, why is there a door here? Yeah. Which doesn't explain, but it's... It's where one of the mushrooms are hidden in one of the fetch quests. So you're just running around randomly during fest quests, and you're really like picking up coconuts and fish and all these other unimportant things. And you happen to grab this mushroom, and like a dark spirit from nowhere essentially well, it makes starts one of out with you the are. whole like palpu fruit, yeah, yeah. thing. Which of course is also an important sequence, but it's still. I just like the timing of it. Just like when they chose to do so. Fun fact about me about that scene. Yeah. The first, like, three times I played the game, I did not realize that that was a Pau fruit. <laughs> yeah, same. Uh-huh. Yeah, because like, it just looks like a shooting star. Right, it yeah. looks like the, the more you know logo. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because, like, it, like, it looks, it's like a, you know, like a doodled star. Right. And then, like, the streak, and, like, you have to, like, look closer at it to realize that it's an arm yeah. in right. a hand yeah. holding a Pau fruit. And, you know, I'm like, oh... <laughs> I can't believe I didn't notice that the first time. <laughs> right. It's interesting to me that that was such a big deal in the opening sequence where they're trying to like, oh, the winner of this race gets to share Palpu fruit with Kyrie. Oh, God. <laughs> and, like, they're just on a tree. Yeah, they could never, they're just the like, tree that Riku sits on is, oh, is, yeah. a, is the where the Palfrey fruit comes yeah. from. It's like yeah. three more of them. How do they not just eat those all the time? <laughs> <laughs> they're right there. I mean, they, they probably do. They just don't share them with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. requires. It's like a consent situation. Be like, will you share this fruit with me? But they like drew themselves sharing. They were both sitting there drawing that at the same no, time. No, no, no. You no. got the timeline wrong. They sit there and drew, I think, each other's they faces, They drew right? each other as kids. Right. And then he comes back later and he draws himself giving her the Pau fruit. Yeah. Oh, yep, you're right. Yep. Yep. And yeah. then later, later at the end of the game, right. she, draws reciprocates. It, she draws it back, right. and everyone weeps like yeah. children. She reciprocates, yeah. and then she also draws it draws the uh, <laughs> top, yeah. the wall too. Yeah, <laughs> <sighs> they probably still should probably just be eating those all the time. They probably do. Well, that one girl from Final Fantasy something before ten. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who <laughs> you can fight and beat easily yeah. is like, uh, like oh, you should find that pepper fruit that you dropped. Those are your cool. What, what? I what she says. That. <laughs> it's a dialogue <laughs> on the second day. I do talk to that girl. I do remember her mentioning pepper fruits, yeah. but I don't remember what she says about them because she's like so like romantically inclined. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Moving yeah, it spends a lot of effort establishing Kyrie too, which I think is a good thing. The game, the opening, spends a lot of time. Oh, the opening. Yeah, okay. well, yeah, it's a good thing because they don't. She doesn't ever show up again until she's like a zombie. The cheat shows up in like as your picture of her. Right. She shows up in like hallucinations all the all the time. But it's good that they gave an identity to this person so that it wasn't just a like. Uh, like an internal character motivation that the player knew nothing about. Right. Yeah. It's also good that they defined her initially in ways that, like, aren't explicitly romantic towards you. There are tons of ways in which you can tell that, like, you know, the two guy characters have something for her. Right. But she 
never into like the, the, the very like end of the game until she's revived again does anything more than sort of like a friendship relationship back to them right. and I'm glad because it keeps her from being a damsel they, they well keep... there is she does say something about Riku or does something flirty towards Riku um it's like right at the very beginning when Kyrie and Kyrie Riku would... go behind the the seaside <laughs> the seaside, seaside yeah. shack yeah. <laughs> yeah she blows yeah. Yeah, the seaside but, shack no, uh, he down by the seashore. Yeah. <laughs> but um, whenever Kyrie wakes you up, like right at the very beginning, he comes down to the beach and he's got the log and he's like, "Am I have to build this fucking raft myself? You guys are so lazy." And she like giggles and she's like, "Oh, so you noticed?" And she gives him like a little like flirty response. <sighs> I didn't see, I always, way, interpret, I, I always interpreted there. it that she had a crush on Is that the actual line? So you noticed? Yeah, she said, so you noticed. I don't remember what he says. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, so you noticed that we're lazy. Yeah, he says something. Right. And like, <laughs> like, and you, then, yeah, like, you caught us. That's right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. she like laughs. I always interpreted that she had a crush on Riku. <laughs> Whatever. Girls. Girls. In video games. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think she is well done because it's established early as this person with sort of you know immature but still identifiable motivations that are beyond you. Like the importance of like the don't ever change line. Mm-hmm. Like that's a line that she says about him. It's like that, that shows that she has like an active role and is analyzing what's going on. And I think one thing that's good about it is like they all feel like real kids. Yep. Like it's not like a weird like she's just kind of like a sex object or anything. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not like a, a Lolita, like Right, yeah, like, like Final Fantasy games have done. Right. And to like, be clear, we're talking about, of course, the three main protagonist children, and not like Waka and no, no, Tidus, none of them. who are just empty shells of beings right. for you to, like, yeah, the like, kids you play with. I really identified with Waka. It is like how, like... <laughs> Now, it does really feel like how kids, like, handle, like, crushes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It feels realistic in that way. That being said, I also get the feeling they kind of wrote uh, Riku slightly too mature to fit in with the other two. Is he supposed to be older? I think he is a year older. Yeah, he's a little bit older, and he's supposed... I mean... That's he, they intentionally wrote him old like that because he is uncomfortable where he is. Right. That's most of his like immediate motivation, as far as you get it, is that he doesn't like this life that they're at. Right. Where they're just sort of sitting around being kids, doing whatever they want, and he wants to find something more, but is too immature to have any idea what that is, right. and makes a lot of shitty decisions <laughs> and attempting to find. That yeah. Well, thing. yeah. Riku is like this game's like Huckleberry Finn character. Yeah. Like he's just like try he. They literally builds a raft. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I don't know. He, yeah, he does, they wrote him to, like, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like they considered how his interactions with the other two sort of, like, clash. I don't really think they do. I mean, making him older works well within the establishment of his relationship with Sora, because... Unless you beat the game, like, you know, 30 times like we have, you're going to get your butt handed to you during, like, the, the initial Riku fights. That's yeah. the reason that the fights are there. It's the reason why they're why the score is always enumerated. And so every time that you interact with him, at the end of the interaction, there's a number that says he's better than you. Right. It just appears on the screen. Right. Well, I'm just saying, like, the... Uh... 
And, like, he just, he kind of needs to just be that way for the plot's sake. Right. As well, like, to bring the darkness to the to the world and destroy it. Mm. <laughs> destroy your world. <laughs> Freak him. But no, I think they justify it pretty well. Like, it all makes sense to me. The way that, and it, they develop him further, too, in later games, and it all falls in line, so. Right. Yeah, this game has a very, like, uh, a very strong case of, like, Pokemon trainer syndrome. Maybe. Where, like, you start out at, it's like this 13-year-old kid on an yeah. island, and then become the savior of the universe, like, 17 times yeah, and over. And the rival. Yeah. Well, Here's it's better than Pokemon, because it, it still maintains its, like, fairy tale atmosphere. You aren't, like, the savior of the universe ordained by the king. Like, you aren't, there isn't, like, a societal structure that points at you and says, like, you're the best human being when you're just 13, like, there isn't the Pokemon games, which makes no sense. Well, no, I think it's actually the opposite. I feel like that you being, like, the chosen one in this scenario actually works slightly better for the game, because in lore, like, the fact that, like, you are the bearer of the Keyblade makes you at least somewhat important, as opposed to in Pokemon where you're just, like, a kid. I think who he happens was, oh yeah. to be the greatest and a, nobody cares. I think he was agreeing. I was. Oh. That, that whole statement was, was me talking about how in the context of Pokemon, it's it makes it, it's weird and makes less sense, because there's a bunch of adults going, this kid is the best human. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. yeah, and it, at least in this game, and I don't know, I guess it does in first, future games, too, it's like the Keyblade is the one that shows you, which is what makes it, I think, cooler. It's not right. like some, like, god. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, for, like, adults, you know, like, as you said. Leon even comments that he's disappointed that you got it. Right. Yeah. Uh, the game still treats you kiddish. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it goes in future games. Um, it's not, it shouldn't be relevant to the present discussion anyway. This should, yeah. yeah. And I feel like by the end of this game, the kid gloves were kind of off. In terms of, like... Isn't that what you'd want? When you go through all these, like, trials and tribulations and get to the end? Well, there's just lots of people that tend to... That don't know who you are who just kind of follow you about. I'm not even, This is a common thing in, like, every game. Well, I, I mean, just it does... It comes up that Sora's young, even in the second game. That's true. But you do... You return to a lot of places you were before, so... When you return to those places, do you think you go there for, like, uh... Like, to actively, like, kind of do more stuff? Or do you think you go there to, uh, take a break? I didn't... Mm. Fuck you. <laughs> it's a horrible segue. <laughs> <laughs> in the game, you go there to do more stuff. Alright, but, but in real life... me to say to yeah. take a break. We're gonna take a break. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> Hey, Plurdo, how are you capable of interdimensional travel? You're not supposed to ask that question, You need to use the song in the cast. It's like the intermission music, I think. in on that. Oh, really? Yeah. Like, what? look at the contents of his room. It's like, like, pull up a picture. Oh, I, I know what it looks like. It's, uh, why is it all sailing shit? Because he lives on an island. But I mean, like, literally all of it. Yeah, yeah. He's got, like, 
anchors. He's got and like a trident, even tridents, and cool off his clothes that he wears in all the flashbacks in the later games are all laying on the ground. Yeah, the but so I guess a bit of retroactive consistency on those. Yeah, you guys noticed all of that in that like seven seconds. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he has like the boat with like this. Well, dolls in it. Yeah. Right. He's just, like, totally all about fishing. <laughs> I, there's probably nothing else to fucking do on the island. Yeah, I mean, if you're surrounded by water all the time, you're going to have, like, some sort of, like, nautical theme to it, right? Yeah. They adventure, they build boats. Yeah. That's one thing I think is really weird that they, like, never touch on. It's the fact that, like, he does have a mom. Oh, yeah. In the game. It's like, she hasn't seen him in, like, two years. Sora! Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's a fucking voice actress. Yeah. 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 She, he has a mom. Yeah. Who has never seen ever yeah. in yeah. any game. But yeah, he, has, he hasn't seen him in two years. <laughs> and she and he vanished one night in the middle of like a huge storm. Yep. And is presumed dead. Well, Kyrie came back. So I assume that she told his mom that he's alive. Well, retroactively, in terms of two stuff, like remember, there's a point in two where it's like referenced that because of the shit that happened uh, when you went to sleep, she doesn't even remember you. Like no one remembers you when you're getting oh, like, yeah. reconstructed. Yeah. So yeah, you you were just so absent. then never mind. Yeah. She wouldn't have had. Well, no. Kyrie goes back to the island at the end of one. So there's like a there's, window. There's time between <laughs> then and Chain of Memories for her to have told his mom. So Kyrie has exactly the time it takes. From the ending of one until you run up the road and beat Chain of Memories and all the events. So that's got to be like <laughs> a couple of days. Oh like, yeah, like a week <laughs> at least. I think it's implied that it takes a couple of days for them to walk to Castle of Living. Yep. Yeah. So you've got to have like at least a week. Yeah, to be to like tell us or his mom. All of you guys were in a horrible black pit of darkness, and <laughs> but it's yeah. okay now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Except for you, your son is your son's not coming back ever. Uh, thank you for listening to the domestic Sora moment. Uh, welcome back Brought to Noclip. Brought to you by Taco Bell. <laughs> the thing outside of the box. What are we going to talk about now, I guess? Uh, the ending? Yeah, ending of the, the game. game. The final level slash ending. Yeah. Alright, I'm into that. What's... what? Basically, the one thing... I'm sure that you guys can uh, dialogue on this for quite some time. It's been really, so But, uh... <laughs> but, uh... My favorite thing about the ending is that the last world is literally just called the end of the world. Oh, yeah. Which is pretty hardcore in a lot of ways. Yep, the dark world and the heartless. Which, it's not like a super original thing to set, like, your, like, a level in a game in, like, a mostly deconstructed, like, area in an abyss or something. But this game does it, I think, really well. It pulls it off really well. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you gotta think within the context too this is a Square game and Square were the guys that kind of started that trend right if we go back to all the way to Final Fantasy 1 yeah. the setting of the final block that like game. it is seem like stereotypical to think of like oh it's like a dark cave with crystals on the wall <laughs> you know like but this game the game does it really well and I mean it's kind of designed for it too like the Heartless as a concept, kind of lend themselves. Like, you would think that the Heartless would come from a place like this. A dark like, cave. With yeah. crystals on the wall. Yeah, I mean, it does kind of drive home the, like... Especially when you're actively fighting, like, on the beach and stuff. Mm-hmm. The sort of, like, light versus dark theme that a lot of games, and this game mm-hmm. in particular, or in specific, uh, sort of 
deals with, and like the the fact that like as you fight it, you get further and further into like the abyss, mm-hmm. and then of course find like the source of light <laughs> in yeah, it. But whatever. Course. A lot of the Destiny Island corruptions, I thought they did a very good job on. Uh, one thing that I caught just hours ago at this point, and we played it again that I'd never noticed before, yeah. is that the water. Uh, in Destiny Islands, when you come back to it, changes. It's not. It doesn't like look like beach water, and it's not colored. It is instead now this sort of very, very dull blue void abyss. That's oh, like yeah. perfectly. You flat. never noticed that? No, I never. I never looked. I, I was looking at the things in the foreground. Oh, and, I would say yeah. There's. I think there's no water. Like it's just supposed to be like floating in space. Possibly. I mean, it's not like blackness. But right. It's, yeah. It's, but it's, it's like, blue. It's, yeah. It's like it's, it's floating in the sky or something. Yeah. And contrasts well against the actual sky that moves mm-hmm. above you. Uh, all the transitions from you know your normal environments into these horrible little purpley black things that just make you mm-hmm. uncomfortable and mix with your good childish memories. Yeah, I gotta say, having seen it on the the final mix version for the first time today, yeah, it looks pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah. it does. <laughs> you know what? It's a surprisingly good looking game for the time it came out. Sure. The only thing that really doesn't age well, I think, is the low poly faces that they were forced to do. Right. You know, and the, yeah, and that's just literally a restriction of the time. They clearly had the technology to do like absolutely gorgeous, like Disney Final Fantasy mixed facial animations, and they did it really, really well. Um, but they just couldn't do it all the time. Right. But um, back to uh. Early, like the actual end of the world level, right. before you get to the end, to the beach. It, aesthetically, it's just like perfect. <laughs> it, it's that concept of like the ruined, dark crystal world, like done, like perfectly. Like you, you first show up, you have like the giant open area where it's just like you're there's like no visible floor that you're walking on and like when you walk there's like little like sparkles going and then it's so cool and like the things fall on you and like you fight and like there's arenas and stuff it's it's an area defined by its negative space which really works with like how the heartless were going about all of their stuff, whatever they did for the duration of the game. Because <laughs> they were consuming all these worlds, and, I mean, you have world pieces in the end of the world that, like, that's what they are. They're little, like, shards of the places that they've destroyed, uh, just sort of interspersed and intermixed together, and that's presumably, well, like, all of the physical space that you're going for is parts that you can actually interact with that aren't just, like, dull voids. They were places that, long ago, they already sort of consumed and destroyed. But that makes the place itself not even the little, like, world shards that they've consumed, but the actual place that the world shards went into was essentially just nothingness. Right. And then you, and once you get to the end of that space, you go down into the cavern, which is the most literal crystal right. crevice area, yep. which is cool. Like, you descend down further. And then you enter what I think is the coolest part, See, is the world... Well, I can't remember what it's called. It's the space where you go into, like, the the light beams and it takes you to like a place from each world and oh like a, yeah the, like yeah, and, spirals and I always took that to mean like that's how the heartless travel to all the different worlds is through those yeah and I, I just think that like the they didn't need to contextualize that but it's neat that they did it in such a cool way yeah right 
Yeah, because they could have just treated it as, like, the, like, uh, the Konami, like, fight every boss, boss rush yeah. thing at the end of a game where they just revisit all the old stuff and then come back. Yeah, it's but, done in a really cool way. It's weird to think of how subtle this game can be when it's, like, given complete thrill control over everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Because, there's, I mean, so much of the rest of the game is not subtle in the same way. Like, particularly when you compare the dialogues and other points, but... I guess it works better in the contrast. Makes things seem more kitty, and then makes things seem very not kitty. Yeah. Fast. And then when you get to the Hollow Bastion one, they have like you fight some enemies, and like a wall like kind of breaks, that crumbles out, and there's like a book that gives you like lore on like actually actual Kingdom Hearts. Can't remember anything like what it says specifically, but that's it's also... apparently enough to convince Sora that Kingdom Hearts is light, though. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, which I always thought was a nice touch. Like, more, like, kind of calling back to, like, the voice. And then you go and you fight one of the coolest bosses in the game, which is the... I can't remember what exactly they call him, but essentially the devil demon from Fantasia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's... The Churnbuck. Yeah, that's it. That's probably my actual favorite boss fight in the game. That, and they have the actual... Oh, okay. They actually yeah. have the, like, the night on Bald Mountain playing, and right. that's just such a badass fight. It comes out of nowhere. Yeah. It's awesome. I wonder how much of the whole concept of the Heartless came from that sequence in Fantasia. It's possible that it's very influential. Also possible that it's not at all. (laughs) (laughs) I could see a leading... Really covering all our bases. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I would imagine it's one end of the spectrum or the other, not in the middle. Right. It was... I really put out then, before then you we hit him, like, you go uh, down in the volcano and then you do the hundred heartless battle and then you get to the end. Hmm. So yeah, before yeah, I say uh, before we fall into like a lull in silence before saying to talk about the next part, I would like to point out I just realized there's a weird trend in that in all of our last four episodes we've discussed games that have like ruined world in a void <laughs> situations. Yeah. Because we have Wind Waker with Hyrule, right. Life is Strange with like the deserted... Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus. It's like a ruin. Is like all said in that. Yeah, That's going world. back even further. No voids, though. <laughs> no voids. But there was a void in uh, Transistor. Yeah. They're all, yeah, well, yeah. And I guess the world does become ruined as you get towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty ruined, I would have to yeah. say. So yeah, definitely not an I say I'm a huge thing. I'm a huge sucker for that kind of stuff. It is really cool. When, when it's done right, yeah. Yeah. obviously, but... How well it was done in this game is probably, at least, I can't speak for you, but it's the reason I probably like things like this. Yeah. It established at a young age. Wow. That, that, is, that is the opposite of how I thought that statement was going to go. I think really, I feel like I enjoyed this game more because of your appreciation for things like that. Not this game so defined what you like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I already... I, I was like the target audience, the very small <laughs> target audience for this game, whereas I was a huge Disney kid, and I also just have always loved high fantasy and RPGs. So, like, the, I, when this game came out, I was like, there's no way this is a real thing. Also, you had a weird <laughs> obsession with keys. Yeah. You're like, man, keys. Yeah, I do. I was like, ah, oh, keys, yeah. blades. But, um, <laughs> I, do, I, think, I do favorite holes. things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. I think 
if I had to, I'm trying to get the timeline right, uh, to, to because a lot of the parts of the ending in my mind often blur together. I I would actually point out the like final Riku boss battle as the real point at which like that's the end a, of the, the game begins. Yeah, that's a big high point of the game. I I would say the moment you get the Hollow Bastion. The moment from, like, when you start at the bottom of the Rising Falls and you can, like, look up at the castle, that's, like, the start of the end of the game for me. You see like, you From there go. on out, the game is just excellent. <laughs> yes. Before that, hot garbage. Yeah, hot garbage. Total <laughs> balls. Just terrible. But no, that's when it, it really, like, ramps it up there. At the music, the puzzles, the unique setting. Yeah. Quality of the boss battles. Shoot up. The Maleficent dragon boss battle is just awesome. For someone being a fan of Disney films, it's just awesome to battle Maleficent (laughs) as a dragon. (laughs) The the, absolute terror that you experience when Riku begins to go into his weird teleporting thing. Mm -hmm. The dark aura. Yeah. It's just... So good. What it establishes there? The part where uh, where you become a heartless. Yeah. Want to talk about that? That's interesting. It is. I, God, I, I'm glad you brought it up. I almost forgot. Yeah. <laughs> so important. Well, it's such a brief name. moment. It is, but it's really like a nice touch. Yeah. Well, this this is probably like the first like really like actually long game that we've really like like gotten into yeah and so, like, like the first like rpg we've done yeah there are lots of like little things that we could like bring up there is one we could even just forget about one so. thing i want to bring up and i guess it could be the last thing that we talk about i don't know how long we'll talk about it but we don't have to do it right this second oh yeah we do what is we it? do All i right. was gonna ask you because i don't think i've ever asked you this question what does this just gonna be like a real abstract question here but what do you think kingdom hearts is the the actual like kingdom hearts in the game kingdom hearts are we talking including the context of the other games or just within what they intended with kingdom hearts one both the latter first um within the context of kingdom hearts one i mean obviously they try. They, it's the object of all the mystery of the game, so they certainly went out of their way to not give us a whole lot of information. Right, which about is it. why I want to know, like, what your take on it is. Probably, it's supposed to represent like the source of all human power. It's, and that's why the light dark argument about it is actually important and not just like you know good versus evil rhetoric within the context of the en- of the ending. Because what they're actually arguing about is whether, like, the source of, like, all human strength and progress is are more, like, evil features and, like, our ability to, like, persevere and fight and, like, that source of strength or whether it's, like, our connection to each other. Because mm-hmm. um, that is within the lore of even just one, that's what Kingdom Hearts... That's the thing I think Kingdom Hearts is, specific, is explicitly supposed to be is this connection between, like, all living things. Something, like, fundamental to life and existence itself. Right. So, the game as a whole is supposed to be about whether that fundamental element 
is sort of our social nature or our like self-empowering, persevering nature, whether that's more important than one or the other. That's my, that would be my stance in the context of just one. Within the rest of the games, they obviously make it slightly dumber by making dumber by making it more literal mm-hmm. um, and the mystery. I mean, right. they that's that what you sacred, think but... like it represents. Yeah, but you have any like ideas of like what it actually like is in the game universe? Well, I actually don't think within the context of Kingdom Hearts. Because it's such a fairy tale, that there isn't that much separation between those two things. I suppose. I mean, if you wanted to answer that question, they provide you the answer to that question in later games. That's, and I think the game actually suffers a little bit for it over time. Because I don't want Kingdom Hearts to be like just literally a collection of souls that other people draw their power from or something. I don't want Kingdom right. Hearts to be like a battery that becomes assembled through murder. Right. Kingdom Hearts is supposed to be this... But <laughs> I, Actually, having heard that, I, that's exactly what I want Kingdom Hearts to be. <laughs> Are you like, referring to like the moon that they make in 2? Well, yeah, but it's supposed to be... Because I, like, I always felt like there was like a strong like disconnect between that and what was behind the door in 1. True. But... Behind the door, in like one. like what like I feel like Kingdom Hearts is like a place, but it's not the place through the door, right? That's explicitly. But that's one. that's what I don't know. Because uh, in two and later games, they make it like the place behind the door in one is the dark world. It's this right, yeah. Evil. It's like the like evil other reflected. See, that's what. Yeah, that's like where like I think it's interesting, like whether or not that was intended initially or not. If, assuming, it's, assuming it was never in Because it's like the place that getting into, like, having played all the games, it's like where Aqua goes. Yeah, yeah. After she gets sucked into the darkness. So it's like, Spoilers for even it's more like is, she, is she in Kingdom Hearts, or is she just in, like, the heartless world, dark boy? I, I think it's less interesting to assume, in the context of one, that through those doors is the totality of Kingdom Hearts. Because all you have there is essentially a cavern with weird glowy light mushrooms where all the Heartless are born. Yeah. And that's it. And also, she clearly gets sucked into uh, Luigi's well, Poltergeist 3000. Exactly. Yeah. Also, Mickey's there. Yeah, yeah I, think, well, I think it's implied that there, it goes somewhere from there, because Mickey comes out of some place. He just jumps out of the... Yeah. It's like a pit so, or something. I, yeah, so yeah, there's like a... But it looks very similar to all the areas that you were going through before. It looks, it looks a little different, though. It, it, it is. is like it, has own, a, it has its own thing. It has its own look. I'm just saying it's... I wouldn't want opening the door in that sense to be, like, removing the mystery of it. I, I, I don't agree. think the answer is... I, I agree with you. Yeah. I like Kingdom Hearts being, like, the weird heart-shaped shadow in the background of this door. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you guys remember when you, like... We're flying around, and you hit that big ship with a, uh, a key. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool, right? No. No, that's not what's good about it. Again. No. Ah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they were trying to follow in the footsteps of, uh, like, other Final Fantasy main bosses. Before, like, the like HD area, era, when things began to get so up, upscaled and beautiful, they were just trying to go for, like, classic Final Fantasy-style crazy abstraction. Yeah, uh, I, I hands get, on everything. I, yeah, I get, I get kind of like a, a Gygus from uh, Earthbound yeah. Yeah. or whatever the name of the final boss from uh, Chrono Trigger was. Yeah, was it Chronos? No, oh, okay. I've never played Chrono Trigger. Neither have I. It's uh, on my list. I really want to play yeah. it. It's really good. Yeah, I know, that's what I hear. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Like, I like it. That's pretty. No, that's... I mean, it's a really highly regarded game. 
Well, no, I'm saying that I, I that oh, should you, say you, something. Even you like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I got you. yeah, I get that kind of a feeling for it. And even, like, if you look at Final Fantasy X, like, you kind of get, like, a sin yeah, vibe yeah. from it as well. Were, so yeah. I just wanted to say that I disagree with your uh, belief that fighting, like, small, man-sized bosses <laughs> is more satisfying than fighting well, enormous ships with faces on it's, them. I don't think it's that black and white. I think it just depends yeah. on it's the context. How it's power to power. I'm not saying that fighting the, uh, someone the concept, you is... Yeah, like, the concept of fighting, like, a person right. that is, like, physically, or not physically necessarily, that is just, like, intimidating to you, but they're also just a person is more interesting. I don't know. I mean, every once in a while, we always want to fight a huge, awesome monster. Right. I, but, I, mean, you know. I mostly always want to fight a huge, awesome monster. We, yes, we know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> if there was a way you could hunt monsters. Hunt monsters. Yeah. A game based entirely around... Like, hunting monsters? Yeah, just like killing, like mounting, and... Oh, like stabbing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds Fully. good. Uh, I would probably play that game for like... An excessive number of hours. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Oh, I was going to bring up the Ansem reports at some point. Oh. What about them? <laughs> oh. I think, I've always found that that was like... Oh, I was going to bring this up a while a while ago. Just Ansem as the surprise villain. Oh, yeah. I like this, like, this is like the real life podcast. Yeah. We're like, we're just like, we're just talking oh, about it. Yeah, fuck, there's other stuff we should talk about. Because I think that's a great twist. Like, it's a, they did the secret villain incredibly well. But the fact that they bring him up way early, and then, like, they establish the whole Ansem's Reports things thing like when you get to Traverse Town for the first time right. and like it's such a great like effective way to build lore he is the only avenue you have through the whole game in trying to explain away some of the mysteries that you so desperately want to explain right so and he does it really vaguely yeah. so it's really it's satisfying like, right. the amount of information you get because like the whole game like Maleficent is kind of like the big bad right and then it turns out she was just kind of like a puppet of Ansem the whole time. You expect the switch to be Maleficent is the fake antagonist and Riku becomes the person you actually have to be. Right. And the game fits that expectation and then flips it again. Yeah. Maybe if I played it now for the first time I'd see it coming. Yeah. But like then, like mind blowing. <laughs> like, just like that. It's like, it's like the mythical guy that you read about in the lore becomes the boss. It's just really, really cool. If you tried to apply that to, like, a modern game, it wouldn't work out as well? Yeah, well, it probably wouldn't work out as well because modern games like to, like, confuse lore and story and be, like, hammer it home too much and make it... They do a thousand audio logs. All of the writers of the audio logs come back as the villains. (laughs) (laughs) Dead Space would be the worst game. It's it's yeah. There's there's subtlety to it. It would be like the, similar to the problems that like a lot of us had in Transistor, but maybe not necessarily that vague. But you'll have these. Imagine if the final boss of Transistor was something that you would only know about if you read all of the things you unlocked in that game. Right. That would have made your experience at the very least. It would be, yeah, we've gotten pretty much straight down the pooper. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not, I don't know about straight down. Circle Madrid. Toilet. 
literal toilet did they, humor. Did they add an extra? <laughs> did they add an extra report in the final mix? We had our this, we had this discussion before. I can't remember if I made it up or not. an extra. What? I think I'm the, I think it doesn't exist, oh, and I made it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> JJ proposed that they added a Anselm's report like zero. Yeah, that made, that made the twist in twist in two of. Uh, like yeah, like give it some kind of context. Handsome. Yeah, and it it mentioned like the nobodies or something as well. Yeah, that, that, that I think I lied. I, yeah, okay, that. JJ made it up. I'd say that would be kind of lame. <laughs> we didn't I get that information, bro. I, I, well, I mean, there is an answer report well, zero. It's just another game. So. Yeah, it's in two. I think. Yeah, but because like, and it also like would make sense that they would do that like retroactively right. in this remix. But I'm glad that they did. Me too. Keep Ansem as Ansem. Yep. Hashtag keep answering his answer. <laughs> Stop putting X's and shit. Yeah. Oh, dude, seriously? That's for the Kingdom Hearts 2 podcast. Yes. But, yeah, uh, dude, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna end up being like Andy shits on Kingdom Hearts 2 the like, podcast. That, it's funny because, like, overall, <laughs> I like Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah, I actually like Kingdom Hearts but, like, 2. But, like, comparing. Gameplay wise, yeah. better. It, it is yeah. better. Yeah. It's, technically, it's better mm-hmm. in, like, every way. <laughs> but the storytelling is much worse. Yeah. Yep. And by much, I mean it's noticeably worse. Yeah. Not, like, it's not bad. Yeah. But that's for another podcast. Because, like, the, I get so defensive about it because most people on the street would say that Kingdom Hearts 2 is better. Right. I mean, you convinced me over the course of a decade. Yeah, dude, I want, like, a 10-year-old long <laughs> argument with JJ that Kingdom Hearts 1 is better than 2, and I won. Gotta be the final mix. Sweet victory. <laughs> yeah! But, they're just gonna go on loop. But, uh, <laughs> that's for another cast, maybe. In a long time. Oh god, so long. It took me like, man, I don't know. I need, I need more time because I did not finish this game. Right. This time through. You're close though. I, and I you've, close. And you've beaten it before. Yeah. yeah. So Which is the only reason why you you have cred. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, even they... I did wonders for your initial cred here at Hogwarts. <laughs> I do feel like it does warrant saying, considering I've basically been, like, just moderating this discussion well, the whole time. I mean, to be fair, JJ and I, this is both our favorite game. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty good. Well, not good. me anymore. Not, it's not my oh. literal number one. Okay, well, it's in JJ's top three. To my top it's, two. It's, it's, it is top two. two. Right. Yeah. And it's my favorite game. It's yeah. not the best, but it's in the top two. Never mind. Um, Are you referencing, like, a rap? <laughs> it's a rap, sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Good job. I mean, I said top three because people usually don't say in my top two. two yeah, you know, ridiculous. What, you know, whatever. Yeah, this is uh, my favorite, like, Square game, I would say. Really? Like, developed. Over, by, by, are you, are you meaning like a distinction between Square Soft and Square Enix here? Or? Not really, just Square Enix. And you like this more like... than, than Final Fantasy X? Yeah. Oh, I was like... Yeah. Well, I really like Final Fantasy X, but Final Fantasy X also has, like... The stuff about JRPGs that I don't like mm-hmm. in abundance. Actually. Like replaying Final Fantasy X now would be more of a chore than it was when I was thirteen or whenever I played it the first time. I see. You like it more than Life is Strange. That's that's only published. <laughs> okay. yeah, I don't like. I might like. In fact, for all I know, I might like the new Tomb Raider game better than. True. That's true. I don't know. Dude, the new Tomb Raider. It looks really good. This uh, this podcast has gone off the rails. Yeah, yeah. we talked about all kinds of square stuff, uh, boxes, of, yeah. paintings, 
Other things Shut that up. are square. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next week where we talk about things that are circular. <laughs> Shapes cast. Oh. oh yeah, the whole the whole point of that I was just defending that I think this game is good. I just right. don't have anywhere near the depth of understanding right. that they did. I mean, it is a lot to do with nostalgia as well. Yep, absolutely. But, I mean, the game does, I think, stand on its own. I mean, I can attest to the fact that it definitely holds up. Yeah. So. It's not even, it's not the and best the storytelling, it's not the best gameplay, it's the best tone of any game I've ever played. And I think that, it's not, maybe, like, you can't, it's fair to say it's not the best storytelling. Yeah. But the story is told very well. Yes. It doesn't try to do too much. Yep. So what are we doing doing next? Undertale. Yep. Uh, uh, Based on JJ's, like, stern recommendation, play this game and do do not look up anything at all about it. Yeah, Chad and I don't know anything about it. I know that there's a skeleton and hearts. I only know the first hour. And yeah, JJ insists that we know nothing about it going in. He won't even let me Steam share it with him. He's making me buy it. <laughs> he barely even knows what's going on in the game, and yet we're insistent on talking about it <laughs> to no. cash in on that sweet internet, uh, like fad thing that's going what? on. What? Oh yeah, it's real big online. It is. Yeah, yeah, I was just saying, I had heard stuff. of it. Oh, yeah. neat. I, I didn't know anything about Good. it, but I had heard of Undertale. Yep. Makes me so, happy. Uh, we're incidentally cashing in. <laughs> yeah. JJ swears he didn't know. <laughs> I'm sure you guys know nothing about the game at all. I well, I mean, I know a little bit about the game. I just I had heard the title. That's I, I promise. That's all I know about it. Right. Uh, so play the game. Right. Play that game. You fuck. We'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, be talking about it in two weeks. Uh, until then, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, you can contact us at noclippodcast at gmail dot com uh, for comments, questions, suggestions. You can tweet us at uh, at no clip podcast. You can go on our website and leave a comment. All right, that's how yeah. we know we're done. See yeah. you next week or two weeks from now. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm a liar. Goodbye. Because you didn't hear me say, "Are you ready to announce the thing?" I'm ready.